podcast. I'm Isaac Trotter. We got a great episode planned for you today. We are chatting with veteran sports reporter Pat Ruff for the first time in a little while about the big time decision of Booth Gotch, the former Austin basketball star. He is coming back home. He's transferring from Utah to Minnesota. He's got two more years of eligibility. And boy, what a huge move for the Gophers, huge move for this community. And it just continues the trend of Southeast Minnesota talent continuing to showcase how good they really are. And we're going to break it all down with Pat. We're going to talk about the impact that he'll have on the Gophers this year, what Booth Gotch could could do in the future. Is he an NBA guy? And how this changes the ceiling of Minnesota's team. This is a team that before the season got started, we thought that this team could probably be a team that's in the bottom of the conference. But now after the additions of Drake transfer Liam Robbins, the additions of now Booth Gotch from Utah, This has a chance for a team that could really make some noise in the Big Ten and definitely is on the radar to make an NCAA tournament. So stick around for our conversation with Pat Ruff about the decision of Booth Gotch. Pat Ruff, good to have you back on the podcast. It's been a little bit of a while since we've had you on. You went on vacation. You've been doing your thing. But now you're back. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. It feels really good. It's always a privilege just to hang out with my guy Isaac Trotter. Always a privilege. Well, we're going to have a good time today chatting about both Gotch. He is coming to Minnesota. Let's start here. I did a big story on him when he committed on Monday, and then you talked one-on-one with him. What was your first impressions of when you saw the news that he's coming to Minnesota? What was your first impressions? Was this surprising to you, or did you think that this was going to happen all along? Well, I thought it would be either Minnesota or Iowa State uh, for COVID-19 reasons. I think he's a great fit probably either place. I certainly think he's a great fit with Minnesota, but his chances of being eligible right away uh, with Minnesota I think are really good. That being the reason to move over here is he wants to be close to home during a pandemic. I just think, you know, you go to Auburn, you go to Maryland, you're going to have to sit out a year. You come here or Iowa State, those are the two I think he wouldn't have had to sit out here. We'll see if that plays out to be true, but I think that had, he didn't tell me that, but I think that had a lot to do with it. I'm with you. I think um, when you kind of look at this decision, it it really is kind of easy at the end of the day, because if you want to make a case to play right away, coming home, you have medical issues in your family that you want to be close to home with, you have COVID-19 stuff here that you want to be close to your home, you've been in Arizona and Utah for three of the last, last three years, your family hasn't really seen you play. Those are all really great cases to play right away. I think that he might have the best case to play right away of any of the Gophers transfers um, with him and Liam Robbins. And if he doesn't like if he doesn't get this waiver, you're going to see some big national blowback on this because he he checks off all the boxes. And if the NCAA doesn't grant this, that is going to look really really stupid. Yeah, I, I think he checks all the boxes too. I also think Liam Robbins checks all the boxes. Uh, though he's from Iowa, uh, he'd be coming here to play for his uncle, who's Ed Conroy's is it will be is the assistant coach for Minnesota. Ed Conroy's son, which is Liam's cousin, uh, plays for them. Um, doesn't get in, but he's on, certainly on the team. So if you want to be close to family on a daily basis for him, this is the place to come. Yeah, you know. Unless his dad's coaching somewhere and we don't know about it. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think I think both of those guys 
are going to be able to play right away. Mm -hmm. I'll be very surprised if they don't both get to do that. How big of a news is this? Because I look at this Big Ten, and it's going to be so rugged. But you add a guy like both Gotch to this to this team. You add a guy like Liam Robbins to this team. Marcus Carr comes back, assuming he doesn't go pro. This is a really, really solid team all of a sudden. And just a flip of the switch, and boom, now this team goes from one of the bottom feeders to like maybe one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think it has a chance to do that. I guess, you know, one of the things to consider is how well will that talent uh, blend together. You know, it takes a little while. Um, also, I would say that the Gophers don't have one guy who is a superstar, not any of them. Marcus Carr was third-team All-Big Ten. He is a nice player. Um, so I think they got a lot of B to B-plus players, which, you know, that's kind of what Wisconsin had this year, and they won the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know that I – well, Iowa's got uh, uh, Garza. He, he's, a, he's a really good player. After that, they got a bunch of good players, not stars, not NBA guys, I don't think. Um, so I think if the talent can blend – they could be very, very good. Uh, maybe top, you know, best case scenario to me is top four in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Both gotchas playing at Austin. That was before the time I got here. When you saw him play, what was that like? Three years there, he puts up huge numbers, obviously leads Austin to the state tournament. But when you saw him, when did you first know that this dude was different and probably a Division One guy? You know... I, well, he didn't play his senior year at Austin because he transferred to that prep school in Arizona. So I remember him as, well, my son was reminding me that I came back from a game once when he was, a, when Booth and his twin brother, Duth, were sophomores. And, and he said, Dad, or, or he said, Joe, this guy, this combo is something else. You know, they're skinny, but they can really run around <laughs> and they can really jump. And so I guess it was when they were sophomores, they looked, they looked really promising. And then as juniors, I saw them play against Rochester John Marshall a couple of times. And th those were great battles with the Hurt Brothers and, and, uh, and the Gotchas. I mean, and, you know, Roy Williams was in the stands because he was recruiting Matthew. And it was, uh, and Austin draws such a great crowd. Uh, you know, I, to me, uh, Austin's got the best fans around. I just think they're fantastic. Um, no slight to any other fans. There's JM, other schools have great ones too. But, but watching those two operate together as juniors was a real treat. I mean, just the athleticism was fantastic. Just don't see it around here very often. And they both, the twins, both had it. Booth was more of a point guard, I think, at that point. And just dishing up, you know, alley hoops to his brother, and it was a show. So I thought when they were juniors, they both had a chance to play at the D1 level, and I think I'm going to be right. If Duth can get his academics together, he's going to play at, at a you know a lower level uh, D1 uh, level. And uh, Booth is Booth. I mean, he, he just got bigger. He got bigger and stronger and. He's kind of a, you know, he's built like a perfect-looking basketball player now. You know, 6'6", 195. So, um, yeah, I guess so. To answer your question, uh, about sophomore year, <laughs> they look pretty good. What were those battles like between the Hurt Brothers 
and the and the Gotch twins. Like, like who was the better duo there? Like on the floor. Like, was it did the did the Gotch twins have better chemistry because they were twins, or did the Hurt brothers just because you know both of them were really really talented? Yeah, the Hurt brothers. You know, the Hurt brothers weren't as flashy, but they were they were better. They, I mean, that, I take the Hurt duo over the Gotch duo at least at that stage. I mean, Matthew and Mike. People forget how good. Michael was as a senior and then junior, he was really, really good. And uh, so I'd give the, I'd give that edge to the Hertz, but uh, but for flash and dash and just pure excitement, I mean, I'd go, you know, I'd go with the Gash brothers. But um, what matters is, you know, who, who's who's winning the games. JM won the games, as I recall. <laughs> but they were they were epic battles. They they were must see things. The stands were full. It was really exciting stuff. It's pretty crazy to think about like how much talent has come through this area in the last few years. Because it, I mean, we talk about the Hurt brothers. Michael goes up to Minnesota, is there for four years. Matthew's obviously at Duke, one of the best players in the country. And then you talk about the Gotch twins and what they've been doing. Now we have Heisey, who's going to Northern Iowa. We have Will Cheddar, who's recruited um, by Michigan and Nebraska and Minnesota and everybody else. Got Eli King down at Caledonia, who's having a monster career. Oh, the Madsen brothers are headed to Cincinnati. Right. It's just like, like, is this the is this the heyday for Southeast Minnesota basketball? Because this, I mean, how much better can this get with D one guys after D one guys? This is the best. How long have I been around here? About twenty eight years or something. Uh, this is the best I've seen. You know that we've had this many uh, legit. You know, D1 guys, you know, usually people are heading off to uh, Mankato or schools like that. And that's, that's a great level, too. But this is different, you know, to have the Heisey, all the ones you listed. It, it is clearly different than it's been before. I don't know if it's going to continue. Certainly, Eli King is going to be around for two more years and Cheddar next year. Uh, but we'll see uh, who the next uh, crop and the, the Byron kit, the league kit is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so we'll see if it maintains itself for the long term. Who knows? It's a cyclical deal, I think. Well, let's get back to Booth Gotch and everything that he adds, adds to Minnesota. I think, um, I think my biggest takeaway here with him is he wanted to go to a place where he could have the ball in his hands. And I don't know if he's going to have the ball in his hands quite as much as he would like if Marcus Carr comes back, because Marcus Carr is such a ball-dominant point guard. But regardless of that, he's still going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And you look at a six foot six, six foot seven wing. He didn't shoot the three great at Utah, but he kind of attributed that to a knee injury. If he gets to shooting the three right, and he's doing what he can on the wing, it's about as perfect of a fit as you can ask for Marcus Carr. Like, that's a great combo. Oh, and then you have Gabe Kausher, who's just one of the best 3 and D guys in the Big Ten. That backcourt is pretty darn solid with those three. They're, they're going to need Kalshire to have a much. I, I like Kalshire a lot. But I, I can't say that he had a good year. He had a pretty disappointing season last year. Very promising as a freshman. Uh, the defense has been absolutely elite, though. He's a heck of a defender just moves side to side incredibly well. Uh, he needs to shoot better this next year for this to be an elite trio, but I think it has the potential for that. I, and I'm with you. I think Booth is just the absolutely ideal fit for this team. You know, 
and he gives him a little bit of dash, you know, a little bit of excitement because he can get up and down in a hurry. Um, he can really attack the rim. He can facilitate. He can get a rebound and go end to end, you know, and just go. I saw Chris Fadness, Austin's coach, uh, quoted the other day as saying he's never, and all the time he's been in Austin, never seen a guy that gets it from one baseline to the other as fast as Booth did. And, and they've had some very athletic kids over there. So I just think he's a great, a great fit. If he can, like you said, if he can start to shoot the three better, and he told me he's been working hard at that on his shot while he's been in Arizona, he could be dynamite. I think um, one of the things I keep seeing and one of the things he said with you is like he came here because he wants to get to the NBA. And I, like, when you look at his career at, at Utah, why do you think it went wrong? Well, I asked him, I said, no, this is a question you may not want to answer. And, and obviously it was, you know, I felt like I needed to preface it with that. And then he didn't want to answer it. But I asked him, you know, so why did you leave Utah? Can you tell me why? He said, I'd rather not do that. So I don't know. It is a I mean, it seems like he was, he was a starter. Maybe he wanted to start at point guard, and he wasn't doing that. But he's not going to be a point guard here either. He's not going to bump out Marcus Carr, presuming he comes back. I don't quite get why he left, mm-hmm. and and there's reasons or he wouldn't have done it. Maybe he just wanted to be closer to home. Yeah, maybe he, uh, he liked that idea a lot. And Gophers are really glad to have him. Yeah, I th- I think I think the narrative that you can't go play and in, in the NBA out of Utah is wrong because Kyle Kuzma is obviously in the NBA. Jacob Podol is a really really good player. He went in the first round. Delon White White uh, Wright went in uh, 2015 in the first round. So 2015, 2016, 2017, they've had first round talent. So that I, I kind of throw that narrative out the door. I think it's more about opportunity. And there they had a wing that was leading their team in scoring. They had a point guard who they really liked. He has a baby face. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's literally he's about 12, yeah. Right. And so it felt like Booth was like the not the odd man out as the second leading scorer, but it felt like things were tailored for other guys, and Booth maybe didn't love that. And here in Minnesota, it's more his show, a, a little bit. I think there's potential for him to be the best player on the team. I think Carr still is, but I think there's still potential that Booth could be. So those guys at Utah you think were that good that he couldn't supplant them as being the guy? Yes. I think, well, maybe not that good. I, I the The wing was really good. He was leading the team in scoring at 17 points a game. I think the point guard was loved by the coaching staff. And I think that's kind of maybe where the disconnect could have been between Utah and Booth. We might never get that real answer. And I'm, sh- I'm wondering if Utah's coach will ever open up about it. But that, that's kind of just reading between the lines. That's what it kind of looked like because Utah's coaching staff just raved about this point guard. And Booth wasn't having the ball in his hands as much. Right. And he was a good player. That, the, he looks like a little kid, but he didn't play like a little kid. He was good. Uh, and maybe that's true, um, but as you said, Marcus Carr is going to have the ball in his hands the most, and, and deservedly so. Cal Shire is going to get his shots. I don't know, maybe he just needed a fresh start. I just wanted to do something different and thought, man, the Gophers, well, he, he had five, he had you know, a list of five teams that he was considering, and they all really wanted him bad, I think. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still a little puzzled by it, but I, I'm really glad it happened. <laughs> Yeah, when 
let's look at this offseason here for Minnesota. They go and they get Brandon Johnson, one of the better transfers, grad transfers out of Western Michigan, who's an all-MAC player. I wouldn't expect him to be an all-Big Ten player, but he's going to be a really solid player. 15 points, 9 rebounds a game for Western Michigan. Then you go get Liam Robbins, who is one of the best shot blockers in the country, put up great numbers at Drake, and if you watched him play, you could tell that that type of skill set translates to the Big Ten. And now... Yeah, and now you add Booth. This is a three straight transfers here that really changed the outlook of this team. Could Minnesota's like in-state recruiting's been struggling? You know, Patino's gotten hammered for it sometimes his recruiting. Do you think this could be a sign of the future where they're going to focus on this transfer portal to get some of these high-impact guys like Booth, like Robbins, and like Johnson? I don't think you're going to get those guys on a regular basis. I mean, Booth doesn't come here except that he's from Minnesota. I don't think he would come here otherwise. Uh, Liam Robbins probably comes here because his uncle happens to be one of the coaches and, and they're saying he could be as good of a transfer guy as there is in the country um, and then Brandon Johnson I guess he's a guy he might get any year we'll see how good he really is he looks good just watching him on you know uh, on tape but um, so I don't think I don't think they're necessarily going to hit uh, the jackpot like this on any kind of regular basis. Last year they had the kid from Turkey that came over. And to me, he was slightly disappointing. I liked him, mm-hmm. but uh, he wasn't super impactful. And the year before that, they had a kid come over from UW-Milwaukee who didn't, there's very little production. So it's not like, boy, here they go again. They just keep landing these great transfers. This year they sure did. Well, I'll tell you, Carr was a transfer from Pittsburgh, and he's been really good, though. So you have, I mean, potential here of four guys who's pretty darn good. I mean, if if Carr turns into all Big Ten, if Booth gives you, if he's a starter, and then Robbins is who we think he's going to be, that's three big-time transfers. That's three of your best four players next year, right? Yeah, it's, um, well, how many is it? We've got Booth and Carr. And Carr already is all Big Ten. Mm-hmm. He was 13 all Big Ten. And then Johnson and Robin. So four of the five starters look like they're going to be kids that transferred over. I guess that's, that's yeah. your point. Yeah. That, that is true. And Carr, Carr is, yeah, he was a really good get from Pittsburgh. There's no doubt. He, he's definitely panned out. And oh, is he going to come? I wonder, I hope he stays. As I said, I hope he stays in. I hope he stays with Minnesota and doesn't head for the NBA or the G League or Europe. Right? He may be a guy that just really wants to get on with it and play pro ball, kind of like Amir Coffey did. You know? Yeah. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the difference between Coffey and Carr is that Coffey latched onto a really good team with the Clippers, and like that's. I don't think Carr's that good. Like, you know, not coffee level good. I think Carr is a really good player. I don't think he's a mere coffee level. And the length that coffee had gave him a much bigger advantage in the NBA. I think Carr needs to come back. And I think he will come back. The thing is, is that I think about, like, with Carr, is that there are so many point guards in this draft. There's a chance for you not to be drafted. And then then are you playing the odds? Like, how much money are you really going to get? And how much better could you be if you come back and put up huge numbers? Maybe you're a first-team All-Big Ten guy. Could that elevate you to the next level? That's kind of the that's kind of the balance. I think it's all good to go get evaluations from the NBA. I just would think it's a major mistake if he goes. Yeah, I, I don't think he – I don't think he'll get drafted. And, and I don't see him – 
and I, I'd love to be wrong, and I might be, but I don't see him as an NBA player. I, I don't think there's quite enough there. He's a really good college player. Yeah. Do you, he can really drive the ball and get into people and score. He's really, really good at that. I don't know if he has the speed and quickness to play in the NBA. Uh, maybe he does, but I, I don't feel that right now. Or his defense. Is his defense able to translate? Or the athleticism able to? pretty good at the college level. I think he's a really good defender. Gophers have a lot of very good defenders, actually. And hopefully, Booth Gotch is going to be one more. He looks the part he, you know, with the length and that athleticism. Some tenacity. He told me he wants to get more steals. That's his goal this year. And uh, steals lead to dunks, and I bet he likes dunks. So I get it. Yeah, he's good at the dunks. Yeah, the run and jump. He's really good at that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how she plays out. All right, you get to hear my Marcus Carr story. Uh, so I graduated from the U of I in December, and I I got lucky and had one of my friends. <laughs> You got to fill it out. Okay. University of Illinois. That's right. No, I would never go to Iowa. We don't like Iowa, (laughs) right? They're going to be, they're going to win the big 10, but we don't like them. All right. So I'm going to Illinois and in high school, I played high school baseball and basketball and I got one of my best friends in high school. His younger brother happened to walk onto the Illinois basketball team and make the team. So my senior year, I'm living with my best friend, and his little brother goes, I need an apartment. So he ends up living with us. So I'm living with an Illinois basketball player. I'm getting all the stories from the year of what's going on throughout Big Ten Hoops. It was great. And so my Marcus Carr story is that when Minnesota came down to Champaign to play Illinois, the day before the game, Richard Patino sits down with my roommate and has breakfast with him for 45 minutes at the hotel. It just that They just happened to be at the same time. And he told me that Patino was talking about Carr and how great of a kid he was, but that he was playing Carr almost too much, that his parents, Carr's parents, were calling up Patino, asking him to maybe not play him quite as much. And it was the first time in his life he had a parent call to say, hey, you're playing my kid too much. Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> I'm sure he's gotten some calls the other way around. Um, well, I think Carr's parents are right. He does. He was playing too much. That will change this year because Booth can play the point. Uh, this Jamal Mashburn that they're the, and he's a nice get for them. Um, uh, shooting guard. He's an undersized shooting guard, but he can play some point. Can play shooting guard. He's supposed to be an elite shooter. Uh, he can. He can fill in. So. I think we they got two guys now who can um, who can uh, take some minutes and, and let him sit down and rest and get a drink of water goes back in. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. I, I I've never heard of a parent complaining that their kid is getting the ball too much, has the ball in his hands too much. Like you're really just wearing him down. Like this is this is different. So that's funny. All right, let's shift to this. What are your ex- expectations for Booth next year? I, I mean, I look. You mean you look at his numbers at Utah? And they were really solid. You're talking about a guy who shot, he only shot 25% from three, but if that number goes up and gets maybe closer to the 30s, he averaged 10 points a game, got you a bunch of steals a game, um, a couple assists per game, almost three assists per game, and then f- uh, over uh, over three and a half rebounds per game. That's kind of the same type of stat line. I think he can do a little bit better. I could see him getting up to 13 points a game, maybe four rebounds, a couple assists. Is that a decent stat line to expect from Booth next year if he's able to play? Yeah. I hope it's better than that. I mean, the stat line you just gave is not a great stat line. I mean, it's not like, well, look at his numbers. They're incredible. 
they're they're okay. Uh, he didn't shoot very well, um, but I think a lot of that uh, was attributed to his having Oshkin Schlatter's his knee problem. And he said that he told me in an interview earlier this year that when he was healthy, <clears throat> he shot it really well. And so he, um, yeah, I, yeah if, if this knee stuff uh, is not a problem anymore, I see him putting up some really nice numbers. And just it seems to me the way he's attacking the offseason, as soon as the season ended, he went off to Arizona to train with his high school coach of one year there and has been there ever since, working just all day long, just all day long, every day. And so I think he is really committed to not just having a good year this year, but being an NBA player. He wants it really bad. I think he could, it would help support their family, which is, you know, uh, mom is working, I think, nights at, at Hormel. Um, not a real easy situation. He grew up with, it was not an easy deal for him growing up. They didn't have a lot. Um, so I think he's really wanting to make a career out of this. And he certainly will. He'll play in Europe or somewhere for a long time. He, he's too good not to. But uh, I think he's going to take his game up a level. I think mm-hmm. we'll see that happen if he stays healthy. Okay, here's a hypothetical for you. If both Robbins and Boothgotch get um, eligible right away and get to play next year, who makes the bigger impact next year, Robbins or Booth? Um, Robbins, I think. Either him or Booth. No, no I don't know. <laughs> One of those two. No, I, I think they both could make a, a really – you know, they really need Robbins because um, – you know, Curry is going to be back, but he's had, uh, Eric Curry's had a lot of uh, knee problems himself, and we'll see how productive he can be. He hasn't played in, seems like, a year and a half, uh, so he'd be the center if Robbins isn't available. Um, they need Robbins out there really badly. I think they could, they could make it work without Booth. Uh, there's enough wings there. I, I like this kid that they got from Turkey. That he's going to be a four-year guy there. Have you looked at him at all? Yeah, David Butoff, right? Yeah, I really like him a lot. He's got a smooth-looking shot. Oh, my gosh. He gets rid of it in a hurry, and it's just as smooth as can be. I think he's going to be a good player. He's going to surprise people. Yeah, I think I think he's really underrated. I, I, will, I will be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a role this year, but... I think that I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a guy off the bench this year, but he could look like a guy who could start maybe you know fifty games for him for you in your career. Maybe he's a starter all of his senior year, most of his junior year. That's a really right. nice player to have. Right, and uh, and we'll see how long uh, the Gophers uh, have Booth. You know, he'll be he can come out next year too if things go great. And, and I think if they grow great, he absolutely will go in the NBA draft again. He did tell me though, and this is the first I'd. S- heard him say it or, or have read it that he is taking his name out of the NBA draft. Did you read that in any stories prior to, because I, I think I got a little scoop right there. No, yeah, I think I think he is. I, I think that's the first time I've heard it, but I think it made sense when he said he was transferring back, but yeah, that's the yeah. first real time he's officially said it, which is which is good. I mean, it, it's fair. Yeah, because his name is still in there. His name is still in the NBA draft, so I'm going to take it out in the next week or two. And I said, so they can have 100% count on you to be the goal for next year? Because it was still up for grabs a little bit. Um, and he says, yeah. 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play for Minnesota next year for sure. That's so, huge. All right, yeah. um, let's look at before we get out of here. Let's look at the Big Ten here real quick as a whole. This league is just stacked. I think we're starting to see where the chips are going to fall. We've started to see most of the the guys who we think are going to come back. There's a few still on the fence. Ayodesumu from Illinois is still on the fence. He's pretty good. Kofi Coburn from Illinois, most expect him to come back. Isaiah Livers from Michigan is a big name that's still to watch. But for the most part, we have an idea. How about Garza? Garza is another big name, but a big thing is he's back in Iowa City doing off-season workouts. So I, that kind of tells me that he's probably going to be back in Iowa City. So, Dude, yeah, really yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think he's probably the probably the heavy favorite for for Player of the Year in the country. Um, yeah, he's really good. But looking at this overall, before this these transfers started rolling in. I thought Minnesota would be really bad, like around northwestern Nebraska range down there. Now, after these transfers, I think you could make a case for them to finish in the top half of the conference. It'll take a lot to go right, but there's there's a path here where they could make a cha- make a make a little bit of a run and be a top eight ish team in the conference. Yeah, I, I see a high watermark as maybe top four if they if everything goes really really well. Um, if they had that one signature guy that you can really lean on, I'd say maybe even higher. Uh, and I, I guess I've, I'm going to say they're going to finish about how many teams are in the Big Ten again? There's not fourteen. 10. Fourteen. <laughs> I would say seven. Yeah. Seven. And I'm always make those predictions a little bit with my heart. So. I um I look at it as like in tiers. This this league feels like it's in tiers. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan State feel like the clear front runners. Those are going to be the three teams that are going to be really pushing for for it hard. And then it feels like there's a second tier where Rutgers is in there, Illinois, Maryland, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Those are all in there. And then there's like a bottom tier of Minnesota, Purdue, Northwestern, Nebraska. I think if Gotch is, is able to play right away and Robbins is able to play right away, I put them in that second tier. And you, it's just going to be... It's going to be cannibalism a little bit. Minnesota, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Indiana, Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers. They're just going to murder each other. I think we could see a lot of teams with 8 to 10 to 11 Big Ten wins. I mean, you could see a team finish 10th in the Big Ten with 7 or 8 Big Ten wins. Like, that's unheard of in this conference, but that's just the Big Ten. Yeah, I have a question about, you know, you threw Wisconsin at the, in the top tier, and they did uh, tie three-way tie for the Big Ten. Yes. Yeah. What makes Wisconsin? They don't have a superstar. Not not in my eyes. Um, what what makes them so good? I'm still not convinced that they they may not fall. So I don't know. Um, I could see it. The the thing that I'm banking on here with Wisconsin and why I think that they're going to be a team that could you know a Big Ten title contender is just they have so much continuity they have all five starters back Kobe Kings that disaster is gone they all bought in they're adding some really good recruits including a Minnesota guy and Ben Carlson who might not be a you know a day one impact guy but he's going to be one down the road but when you have all five starters back you have Trice you have Davison in the backcourt that those two guys are legit you have a Tyler Wall kid who's really solid and, and rising up and comer, and then you pair that with Micah Potter and Nate Reavers inside. Like those are two of the best big men in the conference. They were terrific last season, 
And their defense is just something that always travels. They are terrific defensively. So I just look at this as a as a program that always is good. I was with you on Wisconsin last year. I thought they were down. I did not think they were going to be very good. And I was right through most of the season. And then they got hot and won eight games at the end of the year because this defense is yeah. legit. And I think that that end of the year thing was not a slump at all. I think that that continuity will continue in into 2020 and 2021 like they're legit they got five starters back and that's a huge reason i saw minnesota play them twice last year and the first time the gophers absolutely dominated them and i thought wisconsin's just not very good i mean they didn't look very good i thought there's no really good player here and then the second time they played them they easily could have also beat them and the gophers are a team that finished the game under 500. I just looked at the talent level. It seemed like Gophers had as much. They didn't. I know they, they couldn't have based on records. But 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 the eye test just it didn't pass it for me. So they did some nice things when I wasn't looking, obviously. No, I think you're totally right. Like The eye test doesn't make sense. But also, I think we have to remember the difference between Wisconsin, who finished first, and, uh, and, uh, and Minnesota, who was a game under 500 wasn't that much in the Big Ten last year. I mean, remember, like, the champions were 14-6. and six. Like, I don't remember the last time that a Big Ten champion had six conference losses. So that kind of speaks to how good Minnesota was and just in a in a tough, you know, a tough conference. I well, get what yeah. you're saying with Wisconsin, though. Like, they might be the favorites, but I wouldn't be shocked if they finish eighth in the Big Ten. In this Big Ten, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Nothing surprises me anymore with this conference. Right. right. Yeah, they don't have the guy to just absolutely lean on or just be an athlete and just beat you. Um, I think Reavers is their best player, and he'd, you know, love to have him. He's a, a hometown guy that got away. And there's others, you know, mm-hmm. that... I think Trice is really good too. Actually, yeah. I'm not a Brad um, Davison guy. I don't. I don't yeah, think. Either. No, he didn't have a very good year. No, he had a very good year the year before. He's kind of a winner, though. He he, he kind of knows how to do it, which kind of represents that team. They just they know how to win. I mean, you got to give them credit. They 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 know what they're doing. They do it well. They must be very well coached. Yeah. I don't know, because halfway through the year, Greg Gard was on the hot seat and probably going to get canned, right? And now all of a sudden, he's like, kind of, kind like he turned into the coach of the year with that eight-game winning streak. So it's, it's just that's basketball, and that's the Big Ten. That's that's why we love it, right? It is. How about your lineup? I think they have the potential to be really good. Like. They really do. The thing is, is that I would assume it was going to be gone, and that's such a monster loss. But you're talking about one of the, the you know, the second best recruiting class in the Big Ten. They bring in Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo, who are two standout guards. They're going to be really good. Kofi Coburn, if he comes back, I expect him to make a jump similar to what Daniel Oturu did from his freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, he gave it true fits. Yeah, seven foot one. 285 pounds, shot about 70% from the free throw line, shot over 60% from the floor. He's he's going to have the ball in his hands even more if he comes back as a sophomore year. The thing is, is just Desumu was such a such a big piece, and he hit you know he hit 10 game winning jumpers, 10 in one season. Like that's just ridiculous. And right. so I I think that loss could be huge. Although they do have the pieces to fill in behind him. So it's it's again it's it's a war. I could see Illinois definitely being in the top four mix in the Big Ten if Curbelo's good like we think he is, and Miller is obviously good like we think he is. But I could also see them finishing eighth because they're so young. Yeah, there, there's a lot of teams that you just can't say uh, you can't be sure about. Minnesota certainly among 
right in there. They could finish, you know, third to last, or they could finish sixth or fifth on a on a on a, on a beautiful blend of things happening. But um, it's just tough. I will say this. I, there's two things I know for sure. One, Northwestern's not going to be very good. And two, Nebraska's not going to be very good. After that, I don't have any idea in the world what's going on. Eventually, Nebraska will be good. You know, we were talking about transfers to, to Minnesota, how they're kind of trying to make that thing work, and maybe they will here. That's what um, Hoiberg did at Iowa State and with resounding success. So, I think eventually he turns that thing. Nebraska is just a hard place to, I don't know, it's not a basketball place. Football pays the bills. What they said about Minnesota and football for a long time, it's just like, no, it's just, that's just not going to, that's never going to work. Now it looks like it is. It is going to be good. You can't, uh, you can't go by that. You get to get the right guy in place and it can work. That's my opinion. Absolutely. All right. Last thing before we get out of here. Um, why don't you grade this deal? Booth Gotch comes home to Minnesota. Is this an A plus deal for Minnesota or or what? Uh, yes, <laughs> it's an A plus deal for me. For I'm at for you know it's cool because that's somebody we covered in, in, in high school and he's got a really good personality. I interviewed him yesterday. He sounded actually worn out and and not not full of uh, not full of. Uh, life in his voice but uh he's he probably is this is a this has been an ordeal that uh well he created it but um but no i think it's a i think it's a great get and part of what i love is he's an exciting player you know he's an athlete he's six six kind of a mere coffee like in terms of size and athleticism um i i think it's just fantastic that they got him Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. I'm really excited for this Big Ten basketball season. I really hope we have a season because the, the, the Big Ten's loaded, and this is this is my it's my favorite sport. Honestly, Big Ten hoops is probably my favorite sport. The thing I most get into, and it's gonna be it's gonna be so so much fun to see a local guy go up there and do some really big things. Pat Ruff, appreciate you hopping on the podcast. First time in a while. We're not gonna make this the last. We're gonna get you on way more often in the future. Okay. Thank you, sir. Always fun. All right, sounds good. Have a great day. Yeah, see ya.